Thank you for listening to BLC Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. For more podcasts, news, and other events, please visit breakthroughlife.co.za. I'm, I'm kind of just overwhelmed by the painting and by what you just said, because some of what I want to share, I'm just doing a little prophetic time here. Um, it has to do with this very thing. And I was thinking about how um, our conversation last night, John, in the car, I'm going to kind of highlight that because I really believe that God's making a people here in Johannesburg in South Africa, and your church is an indicator of what he's making, which is a people, there's a transition of maturity. Now, God always made us to be the majority of our time in maturity, meaning you're a child for a minute, and then the rest of your life you live in maturity. And I don't know about you, I have parents, and I love that you just honored your parents. I have parents who are some of my best friends, and it was really different when I became 19 or 20 because I became one of the patriarchs of our whole family even though I was so young. In the sense that my family would ask me the big questions and they would lean into me and they would lean on me. And I was no longer the boy, but I became a father already at like 19 or 20 in my family unit, which was really interesting to go from one place to another. And I'm 45 now, so it's been a number of years that I've walked way longer than when I was in childhood that I've walked in maturity, right? And God never made anything to stay in an immature state. As a matter of fact, when he created it in the first place, we have Adam and Eve, and they were made as man and woman. The animals were made in twos as man and woman. They were made as in a mature state. And so I believe that God is calling you to understand your maturity. And I want to say it a couple different ways as a prophecy right here for this church. Number one is the way you just expressed how Bethel has added so much value to you. It's always amazing. We could all think of a relationship in our life that when they came into our life, we won the friendship lottery. Our life became more. How many of you can think of someone right now that that happened? Like you, you became an expanded person. If they had never entered into your life, what would you be missing? I've actually had a number of friends. I feel like I've been one of the most blessed people in the whole world because I've had friends like Pastor Bill come into my life. And when he came into my life, I was moving to LA and I was willing to move to Bethel. I, I always feel like I partly lived there, but I was willing to move to Bethel, but I don't think we could have planted. I know we couldn't have planted what we did in LA without our relationship to Bethel and all the leaders there. They added so much value that our life accelerated. I know many of you have had that experience, whether it be in business or ministry, somebody gave you an opportunity, but they gave you their friendship and they gave you their heart as well. And I want to challenge you that this season in South Africa is your time to see yourself differently, that you're the one coming to bring and add value to others, that you actually have a value inside of you and you have to reevaluate yourself with the Lord and not have the wrong estimation of yourself, but as Romans says, the right estimation of yourself, not too high, but also not too low. And I was telling John that, you know, the Lord took me on a journey a couple years ago where he told me, I want you to read all of the parables that Jesus said as a, as a son, but also as he was operating as a father. And I want you to not see the prodigal story as you're one of the brothers, but I want you to see it as you're a father over the prodigal and the sons. And I want you to make different decisions. Like if you were the person who was giving the talents versus the person receiving the talents, that you're adding value to other people and that you're now stewarding my kingdom with me. And you actually need to come into a fatherly role and see, or a motherly role if you're a woman, and see in a place of authority that you are now distributing the value of the kingdom on the earth. And most of us never think that way. Most of us think, you know, in the context of, um, 
who's going to add value to me or how can I get the next thing or where am I in the father's house? What, you know, am I a John or am I a Peter? Like what am I? Versus you're actually supposed to manifest the father's heart on the earth. And because we have an absence of people who have this kind of valuation, we have an absence of spiritual authority to bring transformation. I had a vision of this church and I, I know a lot of you are visiting, but uh, how many of you are from this church just in this room just so I can see you? If you're in the room, you raise your hand too. So it's the majority. And I had a vision of this church, and we just went through, um, uh, not too long ago, an identity branding season. And we were doing a re-identity branding, so colors and fonts and all that kind of stuff. And I had a vision of this church, and I felt like you were going through an identity branding season in the spirit, like a re-evaluation, a re-branding of who you are. And I heard the word very clearly, and it's a word that's not uncommon, but I've, you know, it's not something I prophesy a lot, but I heard the word, which is very Bethely, which is good. I like Bethely words. I heard culture shaping season, that God's shaping the internal culture to export into outer culture, and that there's something about people who, uh, you know, if, if if you lead a people who could be controlled, how great is your leadership in the first place? And God's bringing uncontrollable people here. I'm sorry. But there are people who will have that honor inside of them to where they'll submit, but their culture to one another, submit and brotherly love. But there's people who are coming who have empowered identities. There's people who are, you guys are about to grow. You should, in your spirit, you should already feel homesick for those who belong here, who belong part of the home. You should already start to feel there's family members that are coming. Some of the greatest people you'll ever have in your life that will add value to you have not even appeared yet. Some of them aren't even saved yet. And they belong here to this church. And the Lord is calling. There's going to be a homecoming in this next season. And that's why he's reshaping the culture. And he's rebranding the culture. Because he's going to use this church as a branding device to the world. And I believe that the next season you're in is a season of external transformation. I started to see a number of things. And I asked Daryl this morning. Just because we haven't talked about anything about individual ministries. I don't know even how this church structure operates. We don't, when we came in, we came to speak and share and just deposit what we did. We didn't get knitting and gritty on the church history and, the, and what's going on. But um, I really felt four pillars, and I'll, I'll say most of them privately. I said two of them last night. Four pillars of what's going to make this next season a season of transformation. And one of them is I saw the supernatural ministry being exported outside the church, and there would be a reputation amongst churches that this is a place that Jesus the healer really lives. And I, I asked, is there some sort of healing rooms or healing ministry here? And Daryl told me that you guys have planted one pretty recently and that you guys are going to one of the biggest hospitals now once a month, twice a month. And I want those who are involved in that healing ministry or feel like you will be involved in healing ministry to stand up. Because we're going to bless you and I want to challenge you that uh, there's, a, there's a quick growth in the healing ministry, even in your own faith, and that you're going to come into situations where somebody looks the opposite and feels the opposite of the miracle, and you're going to have an unusual faith pressed into your heart that you have to come to agreement with to see it before it manifests. You're going to see it in the spirit, and you're going to manifest in the natural, but you yourself, God's empowering a people, not a person. He's empowering healing in a new way. What you guys have been sowing into and believing for, the healing rooms is right on time because there's going to be unusual miracles with people of influence who will capture their heart to be part of a movement of what God wants to do in transformation. And healing will be one of the signposts of this. And I feel like Amy McPherson, who's a woman uh, in Los Angeles, 
that, of course, this past week, she had a, a movement, and one of the things she was marked by was healing, and she showed up at the right place at the right time, like with the fire chief's daughter. The fire chief was an atheist at the time who was known for his parties and prostitution, things that he would get involved with, and all of a sudden, his daughter got sick, and she got radically healed through Sister Amy when she was at a grocery store, so it was like out in public. It wasn't in a church, and he was so gripped that he, he repented as soon as he found out, and he ended up bringing all the fire chiefs there, and pretty soon, all the ambulance companies, the ambulance drivers would ask for seven years, this happened, this is no joke, for seven years, six or seven ambulance companies would ask the people they were picking up at their houses, do you want to go to the temple first, or do you, because they meant all day long, or do you want to go to the hospital? And they would tell them about the temple, and so they had an ambulance line that had 14 to 18 ambulances at any time of the day during the four meetings that they would have during the day. And so I just tell you this because it became the hallmark of the movement. People would say, why is this a hospital? Is this a strange hospital? Why are there so many ambulances? So then people, sometimes sick people, would wander in thinking there might be medical care, and there was. I've sat down with the Heritage Foundation of Amos and McPherson many times. I sat down with their son before he passed away. And I've never brought this up in a church service this way. But I feel like one of the hallmarks of the drawing points of the gathering anointing is going to be healing. And another one, of course, last night I said would be worship. Another one of the pillars is going to be the family ministry, the full family ministry. Men will be so healed of identity issues in this church and sexual issues in this church. Families will be so healed in marriages in this church. Children will be so placed. People will say, you know, we have to be a part of that church because it changes our children's lives. Like parents will get saved because their children are consistent here. So those are, I'll talk about those in a different way behind the scenes, but I wanna pray for you. So everyone extend your hands towards someone because we want them to pop into this miracle anointing and have faith for this miracle anointing. God, we pray for the greater miracles that you've called this church, that you've ordained this church to bring to this nation and the nations. God, we pray that you would bless this healing effort that it's not a small thing and it's not a side project, but it's actually part of the culture of the church. Thank you that you're gonna bring a word of knowledge ministry that's so strong to diagnose and to be able to speak to people. Some of you are gonna put your hands before someone tells you right on the body part that needs to be healed. You'll just be drawn to it. You're gonna see it. Some of you will be visual seers and you're gonna see it. The Lord's gonna give such masterful words of knowledge to this group of people. And I pray, God, that we would receive it, that we wouldn't see it as someone else when I'm praying this prayer, but we would see it as ourselves. And that you would draft people into this healing army, God, I just pray that everything would come up higher right now. Just release the healers higher. And who's leading the healing room efforts? Can you come up to the front if you're leading it? Just any, is it Daryl? Is there anybody else on the team yet? Who's Christy? Is Christy around? That's okay if she's not around. So I want you to extend your hands towards Daryl. Lord, I thank you that you showed me the Amy Sue McPherson prototype, and it's because you're gonna bring, she brought business leaders and city leaders and because of healing miracles. And we pray that Daryl would steward this so well that you'd bring city leaders and business leaders into the church and into this culture because of healing, because you are the healer. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm gonna have you guys sit down. Um, I felt like right when I said uh, men and pornography, I felt like God was saying that he's raising up um, programs and ministries. And if you have a heart as a man 
to minister to that, or if you already have a ministry for that, I want you to stand up, and you might be in the overflow room as well. I just feel like there's something about the deliverance of men and men's issues, specifically sexual identity issues that God's going to empower us in such a strong way that people are going to go through a total spiritual transformation in this issue. And I'm so glad you guys are here and that you feel that. I feel like um, God wants to empower so much. And there's writings that are going to come out and curriculum that's going to come out and online uh, internet curriculum that's going to come out from this people to help free men all over the nation. So I just want you to put your hand on your heart. God, we thank you that you're raising up real men, that South Africa is already, like I said last night, very masculine. And we thank you for the healthy masculinity. But I pray, God, that you would bring men into total spiritual help. Help. God, that you would raise up curriculum, that you'd raise up writers who aren't writers, people who feel like they'd never write a book and they're going to write their story. That you'd bring media around the freedom of men. And that you would empower men and empower sexual identity in a way that it was supposed to be through these guys. Thank you that their fathers, let them see themselves as fathers no matter how young or old they are. I pray that you would just release a fathering voice of safety. It's so interesting. I'm going to have you guys sit down too. It was a quick one. Um, it's so interesting because I feel like um, we last night, for you guys, a few of you weren't here and some of you in the church weren't here, I said, how many of you guys want to write books? And, uh, and it was like so many people. It was too many people to want to write books in such a, a small group of people. Not that this is small, but, you know, small group of people, which was a signpost because there's, there's a message to be delivered to the land. And I was haunted by that last night. I was thinking, this is so exciting that there's so many people who feel to write. And there's so many people who feel to connect that. I've never seen a church other than Bethel who had so many writers in it as far as people who know that they're supposed to write something, whether it's teaching or story or whatever, their testimony. And I feel like Every area that I see that's about to move forward, there's a writing anointing, whether it's the music, there's songwriting anointing, whether it's, it's um, healing, there's a writing anointing over healing, there's a writing anointing over men's issues, there's a writing anointing over children. I feel like you'll develop your own children's curriculum here. So I feel like I love that there's people who are called to it, but there's also people who are called to bring it out and further, which is so good and it's so important. Um, this is a, a really... Um, good time. I just want to pray for those people. Last night we prayed for people who felt called to worship and, or we didn't pray for them individually. I just gave a word about it. But I feel like specifically people who are songwriters and worship leaders, and if you're in overflow, come in here as fast as you can. But if you feel like you're going to be a worship leader or a songwriter, I want you to come to the front, meaning you're going to lead the worship time. You're not just a musician. I love musicians too, but you're a, a songwriter or a worship leader. I just want to pray for you. I just, I just feel like, um, I like that there's a lot of um, generational people. It's like older, younger, it doesn't matter. And I want to remind you that um, sometimes we see, you know, 19-year-olds 
and 21-year-olds singing songs, and it's super exciting. Even in popular culture, you see in pop music, it's, you know, these 25-year-olds are writing songs about love, and they never fallen in love yet. Billie Eilish, who just won all the different awards, was her brother wrote love songs. She's singing them. She's, she's self-admitted she's never been in love. She's like, I don't even know what this feels like. I'm just singing the songs, you know. And I feel like the Lord has taken some of you on a journey of such mature depth that when you write something, it's going to come from a place of such maturity that it'll carry that culture of maturity in it that God's been longing for. And I saw the, the benchmark of written expression for music going so high that the Lord's doing something in South Africa for the freedom of expression over music. And I, I already told the church here, I felt like part of the next move of God and the gathering anointing would be through music and through worshipers. But I want to bless you guys. I want you guys to extend your hands to him, especially if there's someone you know and you're really connected to. And I pray that God would place what he's been building and developing you all along, that he would place it now in authority, that he would place it now in fullness, that he would give you faith for your journey of music and songwriting, that if it's been dormant or stuck or you don't know what to do with it, I pray that God would move it forward. See, there's the presence of God right now. I pray for, that he would ordain the season of your life and appoint you for whatever it is and that you wouldn't just look to someone else like this church itself to be the ground you have to launch everything through, but God will give you creative strategy. Many of you are made to do things that aren't just, you know, in the local church and you've only seen yourself in one context and God's breaking that, that, that small-mindedness over your calling of music, that there's many places, there's many platforms, and God, I pray that we would have a gift of service alongside of our music that would take us into places we wouldn't have even seen ourselves going. God, I thank you for a friend of mine who became a businessman for 50 years and thought, you know, he was in the Jesus People movement and thought he'd never make music again. And then you gave him over 150 songs and Celine Dion just bought some and Mariah Carey just bought some and made him even more wealthy. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, I thank you that he needed to be mature first so he can actually lead in those songs. And I feel you're saying some of these ones had to become mature first. And they thought it was gonna happen when they were young, but it's actually appointed for now. And there's no age in the spirit, so I break off ageism. And those who are young, Lord, I pray that you would just give them faith for their journey. And Lord, I pray even as their local church here, we pray that you would send them to the highest lampstand they could shine from. I just want to wait for that because there's an impartation that's happening here too. It's so funny. I usually give a lot of individual words, but I just feel to the little corporate groups right now. But I will say that I see some of you have um, been very um, set apart for a season, hidden. And God is saying, what's inside of you is never hidden from me, and I'm going to raise you to the highest place you can shine from. You, you were never made to be under a bull, but it's not the pastor's responsibility to position you. It's God's. And it's not this church's responsibility to fully release you. It's God's. And some of you, there's only so many services and so much room up here, and I know that not all of you came up just to be worship leaders, but, but uh, there's lots of room in the country. 
And I feel like one of the powers of what God's going to do is it's ascending movement where I remember a woman came up to me and said, Sean, the worship team told me, I mean, she's a really professional woman. And the worship team told me, the worship pastors at our church, we have 47 worship leaders or something. That, and we're a small church. So, you know, 800 people, that's too many. And so she said, they told me I can't even join the worship team for at least a year because they're just trying to manage what God's already brought here. What am I supposed to do? And I said, I have five friends who are pastors who have no worship leader. Would you be willing to go like at least twice a month and go serve them? Maybe this is your church home. And she's like, I've never thought of that. I thought I had to be here and just planted here and that there's no other. And there's, there's literally a church planting experience that's going to be happening around the nation that God's going to draw some of you and say, will you invest some time there? And I feel like some of you are getting delivered this morning from um, feeling rejected because there's not enough space in, in here for your gift and that God's saying there's enough room for you. There's plenty of space for you. It's not as narrow as you think, and you're not as hidden as you think, but you've thought of it in only one context. So what I pray that you'd help us to see the full context, that there's room for our gift. There's room in home groups. There's rooms in small churches. There's room in big churches. There's room in huge, huge platforms, and that you're going to raise up uh, music, musical people here that are going to cross culture, not just for church worship, but also for music. And I thank you that you're even going to bring people who have an expression of pop music into uh, what has been not traditional, but non-traditional worship, God. And I pray, I thank you for Heinz that's here. That's a picture of that. And I pray, Lord, that you would do it with more. Now, is there anybody who's a DJ here? Does that make sense? Is it, are, you, are you a DJ? Um, I, and, and are you playing festivals or anything yet or doing anything like that? Are you, think, are you doing it for like weddings and that kind of thing? Or what do you do? Small things. I just, I saw you... Um, that's good, and I know it's you, this is good. I saw you leading people through an experience that would cause them to not only experience God, but would cause them to have what you had when you first encountered God through music. And there was something that happened where, for a while, the only way you encountered God was through music. Now you have a lot more, <laughs> you're multifaceted. And I feel like there's people who can only encounter God through music as their first entry point, and the Lord calls you an entry point. And so he's going to send you and commission you, not just for celebrations and weddings, but into, I kept seeing festivals, so there's, he's going to commission you outside the church, and where people might be on, you know, normally go and experience just like sexuality or drug, whatever, that kind of stuff, you're going to bring an experience that's non-sexual, but it's more ramped and amped than what would be sexual. And I feel like he's preparing you, and he's going to send you some, some heroes in that field that are also Christian to be able to relate to. And it's going to be profound. It's going to be really profound. God's endorsing your love for music and how it's very specific. It's not like what you see everywhere else. He's endorsing it because he wants to give you full permission to be you. And I feel like uh, there's been a, a hesitancy in you uh, in some areas because you don't see how you fit. And the Lord's saying, I've made you a perfectly round peg for a round hole. So don't try and fit in the square peg because it's your time to do what you're called to do. And there's money in it. There's finances in it. And there's, there's that level of um, um, being recognized by your tribe in it, which is really beautiful. Does it make sense? Good. Bless you. Is there a Noah here? Does that make sense? Noah, who's a worship leader. Does that make sense at all? Noah? Okay. Well, I had to ask. Okay, go ahead and uh, wait. I can't hear you at all. You got to tell me real loud. You know a guy named Noah who's a worship leader? Okay, well, we can talk later because I'm going to do it if they're here. Um, go ahead and sit down. You guys are awesome. I'm going to give Bill plenty of time. So the last thing I'm going to say is I want to encourage you 
um, that part of the healing movement I saw is that there has to be an internal cry that says, anything I need to walk in what God's called me to in this season, I ask heaven to pour out on my body. And so if you don't have mobility or if you're having, you know, whatever kind of issues, I'm going to encourage you to really ask God to heal you for the sake of what he's appointing you for. And it's God wants it more than you do. He wants the healing more than you do. And I'm, I'm telling you, there's going to be a wave over the next year of people who might have had something for 10 years, but they have a revelation in their heart that this is actually not part of my story. This wasn't his intention. And it's going to be literally your spirit rejecting a physical problem that God never obviously intended you to have, but also that will hold you back from the right energy and the right, the right being to be able to do what you're called to do. Last thing I'm going to say is for Pastor Bill, I'm going to read this to you, um, and I'm going to tell you privately what this means. But, um, but I want to say it publicly just so it's on the record uh, differently. Um, let me get it out here. So I, I had this vision when you were speaking, and I kept seeing, I haven't had a vision like this in a long time, but I kept seeing a woman standing behind you, and she was like a biblical character type person. And I, I, it took me a while to figure out who she was or what this was. She looked kind of like the Lady Justice, you know, like when you see the blindfold and the scales, but she wasn't blindfolded and she was happy, which is nice. You know, she was, but she was very ethereal, you know. And, uh, and she had a branch in her hand and then she had um, a gold bag in her hand, almost like a cartoon gold bag, like an old fashioned cartoon. And I, I heard it so clearly and it was um, Proverbs 3.16, it says, long life is in her right hand, and in her left hand are riches and honor. Her ways are ways of pleasantness, and all her paths are peace. She is a tree of life for those who lay hold of her. Those who hold her fast are called blessed. And I felt like something about what you're digging into right now and what your, your curiosity, your spiritual curiosity is like going to be an all-time high. And I feel like something you're digging into, I saw like... The Lamb's Book, this is figurative, we know this because some of you will be like, that's heretical. But the Lamb's Book of Life and God was taking a chapter of wisdom out of it and putting it in your spirit. And it was connected to long life, physically, spiritually, and emotionally. And it was connected to the riches of God. And I feel like there's something that's happening to you that you're going to become, it'll be the, this part of your life, I think is going to be one of the greatest parts of your life because you're going to be able to communicate, but you're going to start to get connected to technologies like we've been talking about behind the scenes and people, some of the greatest wisdom leaders of different genres and industries, you're going to be brought into circles and rooms with them. And I just kept hearing, um, you know, eagles fly with eagles in the sense of like when you're called to something, you get brought into that sphere and there's spheres that you're going to get brought into both to be a blessing, but also to be blessed. And it has to do with this wisdom thing. And I saw, I know Bethel, we're all about legacy. So it's like, a, there's a legacy plan. There's all kinds of legacy. And even how there's the distribution of the next season of how everything's working between um, your, your sons and Chris and you. But I felt like um, you need to plan in your heart as though you're going to live a very long life, a very long life. And so you're going to be present for a very long time. And I felt like if that's part of the equation, then it'll be built differently and the legacy than if that's not part of the equation. And so I feel like the Lord's giving you a promise of very long life, and it's connected to bringing a message of wisdom that each decade of the rest of your life will have a new installment, and it's actually that will help people to live out not just uh, their, their salvation, but their sozo. And I just kept seeing that word sozo from John 3, 16 and 17, the word sozo, and I, not the inner healing sozo, that's also the same, but you know what I mean? But he pulled it out, and that woman was standing behind you, and that branch, um, that 
that when you when you preached that message that night, you you said it, longing fulfilled as a tree of life. However, you said it. And I knew that that branch was the wisdom of God is going to cause people to have longing fulfilled and that you're going to be a broker of the tree of life in this season. And I kept seeing covers of books that had to do with wisdom and life and living full. And I saw Benny involved with it too. But I just wanted to say that part to you publicly so it was recorded, but also because I believe in you. And I feel like it's part of the mystery of what's coming and that the long life, if you add that to the equation, it changes everything. So bless you, my friend. Love you.